Hope you and partner Jeff Fegels. Hi. We'll be here for the next hour to talk mm-hmm. Giants football with you at 201-939-4513 or hit us up on Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. Now, coming up on today's program, we will be talking momentarily with Patriots play-by-play man on the radio, Bob Sosi, who's been doing the Pats now for a number of years. He's one of the best play-by-play guys in the National Football League. And, of course, this is another part of our summer camp previews as we take a look at who the Giants will play during the 2019 season. If you want to hit us up individually, either during the show or later on, he is at Jay Fiegels. I am at... Uh, Giants WFAN on Twitter, and certainly we'll do our best to get to your comments. Yesterday, by the way, the Giants on their website put up all of the details and information you need to get free reservations Mm. for tickets for the Giants summer training camp. And by the way, a number of Giants alums will be there to sign free autographs for all fans attending, and this guy right here is going to be one of them. I will be there. Hopefully it's a nice, cool day, because last year I did it, it was smoking hot. You know, and I had me in those little little tents. No, 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 no. You can't huh? complain about smoking hot because when you played, there were two days. Yeah, well, <laughs> those are real football days, right? Did you know? Now, nowadays, what is training camp anymore? It's a glorified just one practice, and you show up and get ready for the season. I tell you what, I'm excited though. I know you are very excited. Very it, excited. It is. Uh, you know, everybody was out of the building all last week, and including me and Paul. And now Paul's just chomping at the bit to get back here. I am not as excited as he is. Because I still believe that there is something in my DNA knowing that coming into the end of July means that I'm getting close to going into hibernation for six months. That means full-fledged football mode. And I still, you know, I've been out of football a while, but I still kind of have that sense that, you know, once the end of July comes around, it's, it's way to, I mean, it's every single day and it becomes a grind. But what we do, we don't call it a grind, do we? Not at all. No. We love it. So I think that's kind of why I'm okay with this, but, uh, you know, as a player's perspective, I'm get off, get off uh, key here for a little bit, but I, I just, I vividly remember this, that this is the time of year you, after the 4th of July, that's like the one time where you like, can just kind of let it go. You know, you can mm-hmm. go out there and for, it's a fun family weekend with depending on where the 4th of July falls on. But the fact is, is that after that, you start to get a little bit of tingly every day. Like, okay, today's the 10th. All right, I've got 14 <laughs> days before I... And you're counting it down. When, when you don't... You're like... It's like the end of time. Okay, I got 14 days until I got to go. Now, See, the, the thing that used to scare me the most, but I, I passed every single one of them, yes. was that stupid conditioning test. Yes, the that, first day that, the players That report. is on your mind more than anything. And, and the reason why is because you never want to fail one of those because if you do, it just looks like you're an out-of-shape out of slob, Right. But that was the kind of angst that I got coming into training camp. It was never because of football. It was because of that stupid conditioning test. Yeah, but it's worse now because all the writers put it on Twitter. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> the embarrassment is brutal. Yeah, it really is. And, and some, guys just can't, just, some guys just can't make it because they're just, they don't know how to do it. You know what I mean? They're just too big of guys. But, um, but you got to do it because it shows you that you were, went away for those five weeks and you either did something or you sat on your butt and ate it bonbons all day and you come in fat and overweight and we've seen those paul you've been you and i have been around it long enough that we have seen every single year except for i don't think last year there was anybody that missed that did not pass the test um it used to be there'd be two or three guys especially the linemen that's what i'm saying i don't think it is so much that anymore whether whether the guys are in better shape or the test is getting easier no i think the guys are in better shape 
I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, other news uh, today is the NFL supplemental draft. We'll get into that a little bit later oh, on wow. during the second part of our show. Remember, the Giants took Sam Beal last year, so we'll get into some of those details. Uh, also wanted to let you know, yesterday, the NFL Network announced its live preseason broadcast schedule. Now, we know many Giants fans who catch us on the web or catch us on the app. You know, you're not in the New York City area. You're around the country and around the world. Remember, we get calls sure. from all over the place. We're from Germany, uh, Australia, Australia, Japan, yeah. uh, London. Many, Albany. many, many, many corners of the world do call into our show on a regular basis. So I want to let you guys know that NFL Network is going to televise two of the Giants preseason games live which will give you a chance to scout out the Giants players as they're trying to cut down the roster. The Jets game on August the 8th, 7 o'clock game here at MetLife Stadium, will be live on NFL Network. And also on August 16th when the Giants host the Chicago Bears in a 7.30 preseason game. Those, of course, New York kickoff times. NFL Network's going to be carrying two Giants preseason games live. So those of you around the country... Uh, be a great opportunity to catch the Giants. I know some, so many of you always call into our show and say, well, we I live in Massachusetts. I can't see the game. Well, well guess what? Go. Good news. Two games. Yeah, good news. They're preseason games, but at least you get to see them, right? You get to see them. You get to find out about these rookies and some of these free agents and some of the newcomers who have been added via trade or uh, other, other ways. Well, and, the August 8th game, well, you'll be able to see a lot of the new guys because that's the first preseason game, and the veterans rarely play much in those at all. That is very, very true. You yeah. like that, don't you? As a, as a veteran, as a veteran, you didn't want to play in the first preseason game. I who? <laughs> Dave, our producer, saying, "Tune in to see Daniel Jones." Tune in to see Daniel Jones. Nothing That's wrong right. with that. Um, I oh, got he'll, caught... he'll get plenty of preseason action, I'm sure. Listen, the preseason to me, I, I like the preseason because I'm not out there 50 plays. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I just love to play. But the other thing was is that in later in my career when I probably needed somebody else to be in camp because of my age, I didn't have anybody else in camp. So I had to take all the all the kicks, which at that point I, 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 didn't, I didn't mind, but it would be like, hey, you know, yeah, maybe I could take the second half off. But, um, you know, this is, you know, maybe I don't think you know this, so you might know it. But, you know, I'm never missing a regular season game officially. Correct. But I missed one game. My whole career, and it was a preseason game. And my knee was bothering me. I sat out the game. You got me. I, I really don't know the answer to that. I, I, one game. That's it. And it was against? I don't remember. <laughs> no, actually, I think... I actually think... That is the worst piece of trivia of all time! I, I think it was the Jets. Um, I can't remember. It wasn't that big of a deal because it's preseason. is our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoffs Live. Uh, Dial us up, and we'll talk some Giants football. Bob Sosi from the uh, Patriots radio booth. I'm excited. Joining us momentarily. He's got some signal problems, as I understand it, as he's on his cell phone. Mm. So he's going to try to get back to us in a couple of minutes, and we'll start talking a little bit of Patriots football. In the meantime... Uh, just going to uh, Giants Chat, hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter, where you can also communicate uh, with us. Uh, we've got NYG Pete, who offers uh, a list of his top 10 Giants players of the 21st century. Oh. And I'm a bit disappointed here to see that my man Jeff Eagles has not been listed amongst the top 10. That's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Many of these guys were teammates of yours. Of course. And we'll just go down the list very briefly. Uh, in reverse order from 10, he's got Burris. Okay. Beckham, O'Hara, Shockey, Tuck, Snee, 
Toomer, and then the last three, Barber, Manning, and Strahan is number one. Any okay. problem with uh, with anybody there, specifically in the top three? I'd like to see Osi in there. Um, but I don't have a problem with, uh, well, certainly Michael Strahan. No problems there. Eli, Tiki. Um, no, I think a lot of those are good. Those are good names. I'm sure that this, there's a lot of other people that could come up with some different ones in there. Um, particularly, I'm looking at tight end positions. They got Shockey in there, huh? Hmm. Sports fan 33 replied immediately to <laughs> NYGP and okay. wanted us to also identify that he had a problem with the list. Says Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs have to be in there over Odell Beckham Jr. They have two rings apiece. Odell doesn't belong on this list. He accumulated some stats for four years and won nothing and uh, was a bit of an issue. I, I Okay, I, I, and I, I agree with him there. I really do. I mean, this depends. When someone puts this list out, there's criteria you have to go by. So what is the criteria? Is it just these are the guys I like or is it? All these guys got Super Bowl rings, right? Except for Tiki. Um, right? That's correct. That's it. So, well, Beckham doesn't Beckham. have one either. So, you know, if you're going to take Tiki off there, he's he's certainly a you know, he's a franchise guy. I mean, he's got a lot of records for the – and so does Odell. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know. What are you about? Do you like, you like the list? I don't think it's a bad list, but I would certainly want Osiyu Manura on the list somehow. And I'm not sure how I would get him on there, but he would be on my list. Okay. Uh, I wanted to ask you one question before we get to the calls. And again, I'm not sure, but we should, any minute now, we should have Bob Sosi from the uh, Patriots radio booth coming on again to preview the Patriots-Giants matchups this season. Earlier today on Sirius NFL Radio, they actually had a question going on as to if there was one player or, for that matter, a contributor from your particular favorite franchise who belongs in the Hall of Fame and has not gotten there yet, mm. who would it be? So what I'm going to do, instead of asking which Giants should be in, because there are plenty of them, Jim Cadcavage and Charlie Connolly from the olden days, you could certainly make an argument for Tiki Barber uh, from, from recent vintage. I don't think there's any question you could you could make that, that pitch. You could mm -hmm. make the same pitch for Otis Anderson as well, Yeah, who I think – you know, get snubbed on a, on a regular basis. George Young, the Giants GM who won two Super Bowls, uh, continues to get ignored, and I don't understand how. But I wanted to ask you, because you played over 20 years in the National Football League, of all the guys that you played with, all of your teammates, and I know Schmelk has fun naming those teammates with mm -hmm. you during the course of well, the you season. You fun making me go back and remember <laughs> all these. Is there one teammate that you played with, a teammate, who you think belongs in the Hall of Fame who has not gotten in there? Brian Mitchell. Hey, that's a pretty good one. Phenomenal kick returner. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, he was in, obviously, I played with him for maybe one year. It might have been the year that I first came here. It was me, Hollis, Keel, and Brian Mitchell were the four specials that they brought in. And at the time when Mitchell got to the Giants, he was at the end. He didn't really do he much. He was. Um, but I, I, he's one guy. I just right off the top of my head. Um, funny, funny note about Eagles punt returners. I saw at at Mariano Rivera's golf tournament a few weeks ago. We took a group picture of all the celebrities that were there. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting. The guy next to me, I recognize him. I didn't know who he was, but I kind of like I just he just Brian Westbrook, right? Wow. And I said Brian, 
he said to me, he goes, Jeff, how you doing? I'm like, good. He goes, Brian Westbrook. I'm like, oh my God, Brian Westbrook. The last time I saw you, you were running for a touchdown. <laughs> and uh, Outstanding Eagles running back. And I said to him, I go, God, he goes, dude, you're, you, that, there's one play in my career that, that I remember the most, the most is that play. Brian's saying this to me. And that was the play, that kick, that punt return for a touchdown to lose the game, right? Um, and I said to him, talk, walk me through that, but I won't go into it because we have our, our guest on the line. He walked me through that whole play. And I was just like, I wanted to go home. <laughs> I want to go home now, right? But he said it was just one of his favorite plays of all time. Wow. Un unfortunately. If, you all, if, if, the, if the Giants fans remember that play, that was the, the, the Eagles punt return. It wasn't the walk-off punt return for a touchdown, right? Well, that would be Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that would be the other Eagles. And that had nothing to do with you. No, I was gone. Matt Dodge was yeah. the... Uh, I would have kicked it into the press box if I was... I know you would have because you listened <laughs> to Tom Coughlin. Yeah, well, he had to. <laughs> because if you don't, he would be in your face the whole time. Good point, Jeff. Yes. Paul DeTito and Jeff Eagles here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We are here until the top of the hour. Uh, here well, would be 1 o'clock New York time, 201-939-4513. But now we are joined by Patriots radio play-by-play voice, Bob Sochi. And, Bob, uh, the Giants and the Patriots will play each other twice this year because of the annual preseason game on August 29th up at Foxborough. But then the Giants go back in week number six of the regular season, a second Thursday night game this mm -hmm. year on October the uh, 10th as the Giants and Eli Manning and Tom Brady and the Patriots get together again uh, for another bash. And, Bob, I, I have to tell you, I guess it's because of the two Super Bowls that the Giants-Patriots games always kind of get the goosebumps going, even though I don't think you would consider them typical rivals not being in the division. Just because of those Super Bowls, the, the history seems to clash, don't you think? Oh, absolutely, Paul and Jeff, and it's good to be with you guys. Uh, you know, the, the preseason finale, of course, it's been the annual right uh, of August. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, so just seeing the Giants out there, the uniforms, uh, some of the names, that, that first experience of calling a, a Patriots-Giants preseason game when I started in our broadcast booth in 2013, and you guys both know that the, the, the preseason finale, that's a game that most people discount and, and, and just can't wait to uh, put aside so they can look forward to uh, the regular season opener when you see regular uh, players that are out there as opposed to guys that aren't likely to make the team. But mm -hmm. even that first experience from a personal point of view was special, in particular as someone who grew up in upstate New York and, and like in New England, too, uh, where we're a large percentage of fans were, were Giants fans. And you mentioned the history of the, the two Super Bowls, some of the regular season games that they had uh, late in the 2007 season, that game where the Giants nearly beat the Patriots before they did eventually uh, spoil the bit for perfection. Uh, and the, the, the first regular season game that I called uh, between the two teams, coming down to a Steven Gostkowski 53-plus yard uh, field goal uh, <laughs> in, 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 in that large stadium. Uh, yeah, really, it, 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 it is a it, it is a special rivalry. There's a lot of history uh, for the the Giants organization in New England. Bob Kraft, when he was at Columbia, really uh, grew to admire the way the Mara family ran the Giants. Uh, so it's all there, part of the backstory. You know, there is a lot of backstories to this season coming in when you talk about the Patriots. Um, just a few things here. The big one in my mind, who 
he's out there having a great time as he always did is going to be the Gronk retirement and want to know how the how the Patriots are are uh, facing that you've had a bit of a coaching overhaul over there with the loss of Brian Flores to the Dolphins and you know father of time Tom Brady is he going to be able to hold up being 42 years old so Bob talk to me a little bit about those three topics uh, briefly and what do you think about that yeah, there, there's you know there's significant questions uh, regarding this team, and you know it's not just uh, the tight end position, but I think you you put that group together with the wide receiver spot. I mean, Julian Edelman at the end of last year was the only wide receiver they had on their contract. They were able to bring back Philip Dorsett on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went out and they signed some guys like Dontrell Inman from the Chargers, Demarius Thomas, of course, uh, coming off the injury a year ago with the Texans, who by no means are locks to make this team mm-hmm. come August. And in the case of Thomas, even what we saw of him as a Bronco uh, in the last meeting between the Patriots and the Broncos, he was not the same player he had been uh, just a, a year or two earlier. So you know, he was somebody that uh, you know, I think they took a flyer on in a, in a typical Bill Belichick kind of move, uh, low cost, uh, potentially an upside, but you know, again, it, it's not really a risky move whatsoever, but it, it certainly left a lot of question marks. They did draft a wide receiver, of course, with their first pick, Nikhil Harry. Uh, it's going to take some time, obviously, for him to get on the same page with Tom Brady. He certainly has been working hard at it. They've been throwing uh, off to the side uh, after uh, the, the Patriots' uh, uh, OTAs, the pictures of uh, Harry working out with Brady, um, presumably in Brady's backyard in, in the area, or at least at the nearby <laughs> field. So, you know, the, the, the work uh, ethic is there, and the effort has been there for a young receiver, but this is a difficult offense uh, for, for even a veteran receiver uh, to uh, earn Brady's trust in. And then, you know, you look at the tight end position, as you've noted. I mean, they lose a guy that was an all-timer. Uh, I think people around here are, are, are pinning their hopes on uh, a potential return for Gronkowski. He did work out with Brady at UCLA the other day. But uh, he's lost a lot of weight, and he seems, certainly seems to be enjoying life away from football. They have Benjamin Watson. But other than that, you know, really a huge gap there. And then the left tackle position with Trent Brown now. Uh, and an Oakland Raider. You know, what happens there? Can Isaiah win their first pick from last year's draft coming off an Achilles injury a step into that position and protect Brady's blind side? Well, let's talk about the, the, the not just Brady's blind side, but about the running backs who are going to be in his backfield. Sony Michelle mm-hmm. is a guy who, even coming out of college, there were some injury questions mm-hmm. about his durability. Yep. And and moving forward, I mean, are they looking to get 20 carries a game out of him? We know that James White's there, but he's more of a pass catcher and a scat back kind of guy. I, I don't know if if I see the ability to, to grind it out at all when they need to, because we all know the Patriots are chameleons. Usually mm-hmm. they'll adapt on a week-to-week basis. When they need to, they've got a part that can fix that particular issue. Sure. I don't know if they've got that back right now if Michelle can't hold up. Well, you know, Paul, they really, by the end of last year, became a, a two-back team uh, predominantly. were at their best when they were pounding it behind James Devil and the fullback, uh, and often with two tight ends. And I think mm-hmm. you know, we, we talk about Gronkowski and his absence. Dwayne Allen was really a non-factor in his two seasons as a pass catcher. But he was an impact player when it came to his blocking, and Gronkowski's blocking as well. And I think that's the thing about Gronkowski. You're not only losing, uh, sure. along with Edelman, Brady's most trusted target, but you're losing someone who's a, an absolute force. I mean, especially when you go back and you look at the, the Patriots postseason 
uh, run, and, and, and I say that figuratively, the word run, and, and literally what they did in manhandling the Chargers and, and even Kansas City as well, Gronkowski's blocking was as important as his pass catching. Uh, and with Michelle, he, he, he missed the, the voluntary portion of OTAs as well as the minicamp this year because of uh, a procedure on his knees. You mentioned the, the question marks have been there. Last year he was fortunate. He overcame yeah. a preseason knee injury and as well an in-season knee injury against the Chicago Bears. Uh, they did draft Damian Harris from Alabama. And I'll say this for him. Uh, you know, he's a guy that in, in the spring, and granted, no pads on, they're just in shells, it's passing camp. Looked like he knew what he was doing. Like he was someone who belonged out there in terms of his route running, in terms of where he needed to be in pass protection. And I think he's a guy that uh, could uh, carry the load partially to help offset the burden uh, that Michelle might otherwise feel. Last year, when they they broke camp last year, they, they had Jeremy Hill as their bigger back, and then he tore his ACL. So I think Harris is a guy to compliment Michelle Burkhead. Uh, they they did re-sign Brad and Bolden, who's really kind of a jack of all trades, primarily a special teams guy. There's a rookie friend named Nick Brissett, who I think could be a sleeper uh, in anybody else's camp. With the Patriots, it's a deep backfield, so he may not make this team just based on the numbers. Uh, but there's a lot to like about you know his college resume and, and, and some of the things that he brings uh, from a skill set standpoint. But you're absolutely right about that. I mean, it was a big part of their success last year was being able to run the ball, especially between the tackles, and uh, they've got to be able to do that again this year. It certainly appears that way. And, and I mentioned the tight end spot. Keep in mind, Watkins is going to be suspended for the first mm-hmm. four games yeah. this year. That's a big one. I know you guys got former giant Matt Lacoste up there now too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, that's right. He'll yeah, be in the mix. Right now, he's tight end. I would think that Sony Michelle, being you know the year that he had last year, um, now going into his second season with a little bit more experience, hopefully he can get healthy. That the offense for the Patriots might lean on him a little bit more to take a little pressure off of Tom Brady at the beginning of the season. Maybe let's uh, segue into the defensive side of the football. You got a loss of Trey Flowers is probably going to be the biggest thing in my opinion for that defense. Um, where is the pass rush going to come from? And now I know that we guys went out and got Michael Bennett. Talk to me a little bit about that defensive line in particular. Yeah, Trey Flowers was an outstanding player uh, in his in his time with the Patriots. And yeah, if you if you wanted to take a kid and you know mold him to be a Patriot, uh, you you'd have that player model himself after Flowers came in as a mid round pick. You know, injured in, in his first preseason game when he flashed against the Packers, and uh, really it was a redshirt year for him as a rookie. But tremendous work ethic, a, a technician. Uh, who, who was really uh, someone who uh, played with great, you know, the coaches like to say, pad level uh, and, and used leverage. He was a bit of a shorter guy uh, for his position, but great arm, arm strength and arm weight. And, and someone who really developed uh, from a technical standpoint uh, the ability to, to rush inside, to get to the quarterback from the outside, but by no means uh, the kind of uh, a player that you know you look at and say, okay, he's a Von Miller. Uh, this is this is the Marcus Way. This is a guy who's who, who's going to be uh, a, a twenty sack a year guy based on his ability to beat the tackle and get to the quarterback. And he's a guy that you know did it a lot because of the way they moved him around. And, and this not to take anything away from him. Uh, you know, you have to do a lot in the Patriots defense. Uh, if you play on the edge or you play inside, and, and often you have to do both, and you have to be able to set the edge and defend the run. Uh, they just don't turn guys loose and have them go, get upfield uh, and, and rush the passer. 
um, most of the time. They, they did it a little bit more last year against the Rams to get vertical, but typically, you know, as a defensive lineman, you know, it, it's a it's a much more uh, multifaceted faceted role with the Patriots and Belichick's defense than in other places. So I think that they lose Flower, they lose that sack production, but they can get it in a, in a few different ways, uh, despite how well he played as a Pat and, and what he meant to his just a, a, a great kid, humble, hardworking, kept his mouth shut. You know, just a great model for the young players. There are, there are some guys who've been in the system for a couple of years, Adam Butler, Dietrich Wise, who are kind of in that same mold. Who now maybe they get more reps and more opportunities. You mentioned Michael Bennett. I think he still has gas in his tank. Mm-hmm. But there's Dante Hightower and Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins, who they re-signed, uh, reacquired, of course, uh, this offseason. And he looks good. Uh, he he, he uh, Hightower's lost a little bit of weight. I think you know they can move him around a bit more as well. Uh, and you know with Ben Noyes become a very good player in the, their defense. And Collins, they have taken an area that was a weakness this time last year in, in that that that, that uh, linebacking core, and they have turned it into a strength. And I think the versatility of a couple of those guys, we may see a lot more of Hightower on the edge. Of Van Noy, he kind of split his reps half and half last year between being on the edge and being an inside linebacker. Uh, and I think that's where they're going to get their sack production and, and their pressure on the quarterback. We've got a couple of more minutes with uh, Patriots radio play-by-play voice uh, Bob Sosi, who, by the way, will be calling the Patriots version of the October 10th game between the Patriots and the Giants up in Foxborough. Uh, quickly from me, Bob, I want to ask you about a typical Patriot that is Michigan's Chase Winovich, who comes by way of the third round. We all know he fits exactly what Bill Belichick likes in in that exactly that kind of tweener guy who can practically do anything he wants. And and also, I want to ask you about the secondary. To me, getting a little bit long in the tooth. Maybe not long, long, but a little bit long. Yeah, so I think it's one of the things you look at, and, and, and I'll start with the secondary, and then we'll, we'll get back to Winovich. Uh, Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, Patrick Chung. Uh, Chung and, and Devin, of course, have been longtime Patriots, and Patrick Chung in his second uh, iteration as a Patriot really has been uh, a, a, a player that's turned into, I think, one of the more valuable players uh, in, in, in the NFL to his team because he's been one of those hybrid safeties who can play linebacker, cover tight ends, defend well against the running. He was one of the first guys, I think, in, in this trend now where we've seen these sub-defenses with extra safeties on the field or extra DBs. Uh, use use their, their safeties as, as, as linebacker hybrids uh, and, and try to defend the running backs that are, that are flexed uh, in the formation or tight ends and, and, and slot receivers and, and uh, Chung has been a terrific player since the Patriots reacquired him sure. in 2014. And Devin's had a long career. Jason is up there in, in age as well. They really, uh, really like Jawan Williams out of Vanderbilt, so much so that they moved up to draft him in the second round. And there's a lot to like about him, his play. Then you look at Stephon Gilmore and, and, and the cornerback he's become. I think he's one of the top two or three cornerbacks in the league. J.C. Jackson is a young man of a the guy really is a steal last year. College free agent had some problems very early in his collegiate career that you know led to some red flags. Uh, transferred from Florida to Maryland, uh, became a very good player for the Patriots by the end of last year. And I think with those guys, Jonathan Jones, who's been a, a reliable cornerback uh, for them, uh, they, they resigned him uh, as a restricted free agent. 
These are guys that I think give them a lot of depth and ability at the cornerback spot. Uh, the safety position, they, they, they picked up Obi Melanfuami last year. Mm-hmm. Of course, a uh, kid out of Connecticut, uh, tremendous athlete. Didn't really have much of a role for the Patriots, but we'll, we'll see what, what happens with him uh, this preseason. And, 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 you know, if he's one of those guys that Belichick acquires from somebody, again, low cost, kind of off their scrap, he's the same way he did with Van Noy, or a guy that the Giants had a, a few years ago was an impact player for the Patriots on a Super Bowl championship run, and that was Jonathan Casillas. Sure. And, you know, and, and, and I, so I think there's depth. I think you mentioned there's age, but I think there's talent, and I think. There's young talent at certain positions like cornerback, and I think there's enough depth at the safety position as well. And regarding Winovich, yeah, he, he's kind of cut from that same cloth as Rod Mankovich. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just similar last name and similar ethnic backgrounds. Uh, you know, Belichick, has, as, as, a, as a Croatian, has an affinity for those Eastern European guys. And uh, Chase Winovich is a, is a guy that's a high-motor, smart, Tough. You know, a lot of people recognize that he's a bit of a free spirit off the field. He'll bite your head off is what he'll do, field, Bob. <laughs> on the field, he is, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Patriot uh, prototype. Well, I got to tell you something. Uh, no matter what it is that, that you said about any of these guys, if you add up the equation, it turns into an AFC division title once again. <laughs> because that's the way it's always going to be, Bob. Really From here is. to eternity, it's, it's an AFC East division title. Positives or negatives, when you add it up, it still comes out the same. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Paul, it, 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 it's been an amazing run for the Patriots. Uh, with Belichick and Brady, I mean, any, any time, this is this is trite to say, but any time Belichick and Brady uh, are on the sideline and in the huddle, uh, this team's got a chance. But you're absolutely right about uh, the AFC East struggles. I, you mentioned Brian Flores. I think they, it's going to be interesting to see how they overcome yeah. some of the coaching departures. They've, they've had so many through the years. But Brian Flores had an impact last year, uh, and we saw that aggressiveness uh, manifest itself in a couple of different games, and I think he really connected with players. Uh, you got young coaches now, in some cases, coaching positions for the first time. Belichick's going to run the defense, and he's always had a strong hand, as you sure. guys know, in the defense. Yeah. But now you know, he may be making the calls. We saw Gerard Mayo, who, who just came back into football after a couple of years away from uh, the field uh, in, in the business world and in broadcasting, and he was calling a lot of the defensive plays during the OTAs. But uh, it'll be Belichick uh, this year who will be running that defense and, and presumably calling the defense without Matt Patricia and without Brian Flores uh, there. They lost a lot on the offensive side, too. Long-time wide receiver coach uh, Chad O'Shea. They lost uh, their cornerback their coach, Josh Blair, who did a great job in developing some of the people that, that, that I've yeah. talked about, like J.C. Jackson and Jonathan Jones and Malcolm Butler, all undrafted free agents who became starters for the Patriots defensively at the cornerback position. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they overcome those losses because you're going to have young coaches that are learning on the fly as well. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I can tell you that right now. Because you know what this reminds me of? It's, and you're going to agree with me. I know this. Nick Saban loses all his coaches every single year, too. Correct. Yeah. And look what happened. They just continue to win, to win, to well, win. So Saban and Belichick are one of the same. Well, there you go. So I, I just feel like there's the, the, there's some, some common link there. And I will tell you, I don't care who. You look at all these guys that leave, they still do well. That's because Belichick is there. You know he's running the show. You know he's in those meetings. He's putting game plans together. No matter what anybody says, he's doing a lot of it. 
He's teaching a lot of those young coaches. And I'll tell you, from a player's perspective, there's guys that would, would love to come up to New England to play. But there's also a lot of guys that would fear to go play in New England just because of Bill Belichick and the way he does things. Yeah, so well, and we'll we, see what happens. And we forgot to mention the kicker because Kowski is as automatic as they come. That's so a, yeah. he knows he's getting his points whenever he gets across the 50 anyway. Bob Sochi from the Patriots Radio thank booth. You, Bob. Voice of the Pats, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you on uh, August 29th for the preseason game and then back on October 10th for the regular season game in Foxborough. Bob, we really well, appreciate your time. Thank you, Bob. Hey, 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 guys, I really appreciate it, too, and it's good to know that the feeling is mutual between punters and Bill Belichick because we hear more about the, the great punters around the NFL and uh, stories about guys like Dave Jennings yep. uh, than we do anybody else. Bill, That's beautiful. Course, uh, you tell him to keep up the good teams. work for me, will you? Tell him to keep running those, those punters' uh, stories in there for those press conferences. Everybody loves to hear about the punters. Thank you, Bob. Right, Thank guys. you, Bob. Thanks All the best. Right. It's because he understands how important it is. See, that's the one thing that people just do not understand. We relax. They do. I mean, listen, you got one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach in the history of football, and he brings up punting all the time. It just Belichick goes, started out as a special teams coach. Is it any wonder he feels that way? show you that he knows what he's talking about. I'll tell you that. Wow, yeah. you don't have to sell this to me. I love special teams. It's right. one-third of the game. I understand that, but there's a lot of people that would not want to talk about it. 201-939-4513. Your phone calls for the final half hour of the show. 201-939-4513. Or hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. We'll be glad to get your comments on the internet as well. Uh, tomorrow, by the way, as we continue our Giants opponents previews, we will be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another one on the uh, NFC, an NFC team on the Giants schedule. I'm going to have to check my schedule because these things are changing all the time. Weren't they? Weren't, they, weren't we supposed to do Philly today or something? Just... No, no, no. The Philadelphia is going to be Monday. Oh, Monday. Lance Meadow and uh, and uh, John Schmelk will be in on Monday as they preview the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, be I'll be with one. Lance tomorrow to tomorrow. preview the Buccaneers. Right. Lance and I switched. So the end. Patriots are in the book. Aren't you glad you one, – one of your teams, by the way, that you had a helmet for. I did. It's the only team that ever fired me, too. <laughs> Got him back in 07. <laughs> I think so. You'll <laughs> take that back. deal, won't you? Yes, I will. Yep. 201-939-4513. Our phone number here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. As always, we are here Monday through Friday during the course of the season. In the summertime, we do have a, a Friday hiatus. So this Friday, we will be off. Uh, but beginning next week, I believe we are back onto our regular Monday through Friday schedule. Yeah, because people have to get back in the building and get ready for training camp, which, by the way, starts very, very soon, folks. Players um, uh, come in, rookies on the 22nd, by the way. I was driving into the facility today. I haven't been here in over a week and noticed that everything is up. The the stands, the covered stands, the, everything is ready. The canopies for the, the canopies, fans. The tents. Looking forward to having them here. It looks, it looks it's, yeah. Uh, just FYI, top 10 Giants players of the 21st century. Charlie from Maine says Will Beatty needs to be on the list. Of course he does. You know, he's he's a big Will Beatty fan, so uh, we just wanted to let everybody know that Charlie's alive and well and still standing up for his favorite player. Uh, Sportfan33 responds again. And wants to say Ike Hilliard had a better Giants career than Odell Beckham. Says, sorry, but not sorry. More longevity. Played in the Super Bowl. Of course, okay. Super Bowl 35 against the Ravens. Was reliable. 
and uh, liked his attitude a lot better. <laughs> reliable? <clears throat> Odell Beckham was pretty reliable. I mean, he scored a lot of touchdowns, did a lot of good things. I would, I would say, I would not, I would I, not dismiss what I kill you did for this franchise. I'm not going to dismiss. Anything and by the way, in the NFC Championship game of 2000 against the Minnesota Vikings, 41 nothing, the Giants beat them in the most lopsided historic NFC Championship game in history. I kill you had double digits in catches. Uh, with two touchdown passes from Kerry Collins, had, I think, 138 yards alone on eight grabs in the first half of that game. I mean... Well, let's just say that he played better than Odell Beckham did in any playoff game. That's true. I mean, he didn't drop four that's passes. That's true. So we'll put him on the list because of that. His postseason record was better than Odell's. That is absolutely true. No question about that. And I kill you as far as I'm concerned. Pound for pound. And one of the toughest five guys... I have ever met no question, in my career. No question, and probably top five nicest guys you'll ever meet, um, as you know, and mm -hmm. teammate of mine in 2003. So I got to play with him one year. So, Schmelk, if you're watching the show, don't ever ask me about that one. Did you play with Ike Hilliard? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he might ask me that when I'm sleeping one time. Like He might catch me. But uh, just, a, just a great guy. And actually, I know he's coaching in the NFL now. He has been with a number of teams, including the Bills, the Washington. Dolphins, the Redskins. I'm not sure where he is at this moment. But I, I will tell you this. I see Ike every year, uh, either when they are his, his team is playing sure. the Giants yeah. or at the Combine. I see him every year at the Combine okay. as well. Yeah. He is still a blue-blooded Giant through Oh, and no question. Through. Yeah. Yeah, there's no, listen, there's something about... This building and this organization, folks, I can tell you, even though when you move on uh, professionally to it may be another team, but this team, it, has, it gets in your blood. And that and Ike is a, a true definition of that. And he really does love the Giants. Absolutely. Jeff, let's go to the calls. Sure, let's go. People are got? on hold. Oh, Line four, Peter from the Florida Keys. Oh, where you at? are first on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Peter, where are you at in the Keys? Underwater, it sounds like. Uh, Peter, we're having a lot of trouble with your phone line. If you can make a quick point, we'll try to comment for you, but please be brief because we have a lot of static. Sure, for sure. So, being that this is a special teams program, I would love to ask Jeff a special teams question. Sure. Being that the Giants were excellent in special teams last year, and due to the fact that there's probably going to be some turnover with those special teams guys this yeah, year, yeah. Who do you feel would be the most indispensable people if you were the special team coordinator? Who do you kind of fight for and keep on that team? Peter, mm. thank you so much for the call. Please call again on another program. We'd love to talk to you. So the most indispensable members of the Giants special teams core going into this season. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know who led the team in tackles last year. I know. Then um, it was Michael Thomas. Okay, who went to the Pro Bowl? Who went to the Pro Bowl? So that that to me, right, well, right there, Michael, it has to be Michael Thomas for many reasons. Number one, because he's a player, but the two, Alchemosus went to the Pro Bowl too. And, well, I mean, I, I think that I think there's more propensity for them to lose Michael Thomas than there would be after Grossos. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Because there's only one kicker. Um, my point is, is that he's so good. Plus, he's very valuable on defense. And he's a captain. So I would go with Michael Thomas. Good. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for answering my question for me. 
okay. No, no, I didn't I, mean I, to. I know. I'm thanking you because I had to go through my mind. I, I, I really, I'd have to think about that one. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody else that just pops off the page for me. I will tell you one guy who has has left the Giants via free agency to the Bengals, and they will probably miss him, although we will see if they can come up with somebody else to take his spot, was Kerry Wynn, who was really good. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering where Kerry Wynn had gone to, and he's the Bengals, okay. Um, I mean, how many times we would sit arm-to-arm in the press box and, and you'd watch him making a hit on a block or i mean well the, the effort he so gave, much dirty work he did it was the effort that he gave on every single play that just was so so nice to see you know never took a playoff um i'll tell you what the special teams last year for the giants collectively was a unit and what i mean by that is yeah michael thomas went to the pro bowl as one specialist guy Aldrich rosas did too but collectively that unit did very well last year because they played as a team and there wasn't really one guy or two guys that really, really stood out in my mind. They just collectively played all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one guy, you know, that's important to the specialist position would be Diossi because he's so he makes tackles. Okay, uh, he plays. He doesn't get hurt, and he gets hurt, but he still plays. And also, it's he's just so important to that that kicking combo: the snap, the hold, and the kick. Right. And and with the punting is the coverage, not to mention the snap. So Zach is a guy that, you know, I think that even though that everybody can be replaced, that would be one position that I would think that would be a tough one to, to transition to. Because let me tell you, the holder and the kicker work together so much that when one of those parts goes missing, well, maybe the punter gets let go and now he's the new holder or the long snapper or whatever it is. There is some transition to it. So those guys, the longer they play together, the more years they play consistently, the better they're going to get as far as timing and comfortable with each other. 201-939-4513. Back to the phones. Line one has Jeff from Rhode Island. You're next on the show. Hello. Yeah, it is a great name. It is. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we'll turn back the hands of time a little bit in regards to the Giants and Patriots uh, preseason games and whatnot i was uh i was up with my buddies at the first game ever played that was then known as schaefer stadium i remember it well 71 the giants and the patriots and uh believe it or not after the game back in those days you could actually go and talk to the players out in the parking lot mm. i mean you know it would never happen today but uh it was, it was pretty cool and uh yeah i used to uh, enjoy uh years ago the uh patriots when the Giants and Patriots were playing, the Giants had come up and they practiced at uh, what was then Bryant College. Yep. It's now called Bryant University. Smithfield, Rhode Island. And, uh, Been there. Yeah, Smithfield, Rhode Island, yeah. Just around the corner for me. And, uh, yeah, they'd come up and, they, you know, I'd practice for the whole week. Yep. And, I mean, you could get right up close to everybody. It was, uh, it was really a nice experience, so I kind of miss that. And I also uh, enjoyed driving up to Albany as well. That was a nice ride. And, uh they had a nice setup there too. Well, the so, Giants yeah, are at Foxborough. To, uh, two weeks, man. We got the training camp going, and uh, I'm ready. You know, I'm sure you guys are too. So, yeah, oh, no Paul's doubt. Ready. Yeah, Paul's Jeff, the, the Giants are at Foxborough twice this year, not only for the preseason but also the regular season game. Regular so season. Yeah, you got you yeah. got two chances to see them in person this time around. 
Yeah, I know. But uh, I think I'll be doing it on TV because uh, it's a little out of my price range. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Maybe you'll get lucky and a neighbor will, will have an extra ticket. You can watch that one of them on NFL tickets, Network. But uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. So uh, that's what I got for you today, Thanks, guys. Jeff. So uh, thank you for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Appreciate it, Jeff. Let me, uh, let me comment uh, on, on Jeff's comment. It's the Jets and the Bears, the preseason games, that will be in on NFL Network. The Patriots' regular season game will oh, be on NFL Network one. because okay. that's a Thursday night that's right. uh, that's a, national yeah. television game. So, uh, you know, bottom line is, uh, you know, Charlie, uh, not Charlie, uh, Jeff is uh, is a big-time Giants fan who's been around a long time, and that's cool. Well, let me give you a quick story. He, yes. He, 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 he threw me back to the, to the age of time when I was there. I went to Smithfield, Rhode Island, to Bryant College when I was with the Patriots, and the Giants came to camp. Mm-hmm. It's when Sean Landetta was the punter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think that Matt Barr must have been the kicker, maybe? Um, I'm not – no, my, I don't remember who it was. But let me – got to get you my story. So here I am coming from Miami. I am just just raw and green around the gills as you can get, trying to make the team. And the Giants are in town, and I'm up there, and I'm looking at these players, and everybody, you know, the Giants guys, and come on. But the one guy that I was more fascinated with was with Bill Parcells. <laughs> he scared the living crap out of me, that guy. I mean... He was yelling at guys in my favorite term that I heard Bill Parcells say one day in practice is this running back was running the play, a totally wrong play, and he, he ran up to him and got in his face and he said, you know what I think, you know what you are? And you know how Bill Parcells, his voice just portrayed. I know Bill very just, well. Just all, and I'm like, I must have been 100 yards away. And I heard him say this. He goes, you know what you are, son? You're like a ball in high grass. You know what that is? You are lost. Totally lost. <laughs> now get off of my field. He kicked him off the field. And I was like, oh, my God. I, I just That was my first time that I realized how mean Bill Parcells was. However, years, years, years later when he was with the Cowboys, I remember coming out to pregame and he met me at the star. And he walked up to me and he said, I got to tell you, son. He calls me son. You know. You are one of the best players that I, that I have ever seen at this position. So this is a guy that I feared wow. had to be 20 years prior to That's that. That's so cool. That meant a lot to me because <laughs> I thought he was going to come and yell at me. <laughs> but it was a great area. I mean, it, it was fun to go up there and watch the practices. The fans were up there. I missed, you know, I missed, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could take playing uh, a training camp at your own like they do it here. Because there was so much camaraderie and so, you know, training camp was getting away up in Albany was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the fans were able to get really close to the players, like Jeff had said. And um, I just don't, you know, you don't get that anymore. Um, and from a fan's perspective, I think people do not like it being here. I think they would rather have a destination. There were some people, as you know, that would take their, their two weeks vacations over the year to go to Albany. And so... Um, you can't really do that anymore around here. Well, you can't please everybody. No, you There's cannot. a positive and a negative to every move that you make. There, there absolutely is. And you know, it's a trend. Most of the teams now do it at their own facilities. Very rarely, there might be a handful of guys that still go away. But One thing for sure, the medical situation is better when you're at your home base. Yeah, because I tell you, you had to come down that hill all the time to go get MRIs. It, it stunk. You know, going all the way from Albany to get an MRI down at the hospital special surgery. And then you turn around and go all the way back. 
guys used to be like, I'm not, I'm not telling them I'm hurt because I'm going to have to go down to HSS. That's like a five hour, six hour day. Well, yeah. They would say, no, I'm not Be- telling Between them. the GWB and Albany, it's yeah. about a two-and-a-half-hour drive yeah. each way. Exactly. Uh, we go quickly to Giants chat on the uh, Internet, and Clayton Harding says uh, about the list that we heard from before the from list. one of our uh, readers. Uh, again, he was saying the top ten Giants players of uh, the 21st century. And uh, Clayton Harding says, is it the most popular Giants or the best players because – Obviously, they are different lists. We've discussed that already. He does want to add that you would want to consider Antrell Roll and maybe Antonio Pierce for one of those lists. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. That's a tough list. But again, like I said earlier, the list has to be comprised by criteria. Yes. What is the criteria? Um, you can have an A and a B list. You can say well, this one or this one. But just to say, and, and the that's a good that's a good point is it by popularity or is it by statistics what is the criteria all right we're going back to the phones and we are going to go to line two with one of our loyal callers it is charlie from portland maine and charlie before you say a word Just hang if up. you <laughs> mention will beady we are cutting you off immediately i have my finger on the button charlie now please go ahead all right you can't well my my criteria is who i like you know, and my favorite players who actually played very well. So I would say just two. I'll give you two. And one is definitely Jeff. Thank you. Charlie. Eagles should be on that list. Yes. And J- and Jason Sihan. He should be on that oh, list. That's a good one. I love how you say Sihan. <laughs> you know, Charlie, you, you've, been a Giant, you've been a Giants fan for a long time, Charlie, going back to the 60s, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Could you give me your favorite Giant from each decade? 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Uh, we have 10 minutes Could you, left. No, no, no. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. <laughs> Come on. Quick. This has got to be pretty easy. Okay. Rosie Brown. No problem. Um, I have to go with 70s. I like Spider Lockhart. That's not a problem either. You're picking good guys. And 80s, uh, I got to go with Phil Sam. Mm-hmm. 90s, uh, Tiki Barber, he was there in the 90s, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, 2000s, I got to go with uh, Will Beatty. Hang on, no, 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 no. First of all, you, you, you're dissing Jeff because you just picked him like no, two minutes no, that's ago. that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> no, Eli Manning. Eli. Eli. Okay. Eli. okay. Okay. And, of course, we're in a new decade now, but it's a little bit, little bit young yet. We're only uh, – actually, no, it's not. In the two, the 2010s, we're in the teens. That's another mm-hmm. decade. Mm-hmm. So you can pick yeah, one now oh, yeah. if you like. Another decade. Uh, oh, Odell Beckham. Definitely. Actually, you could pick Eli for this decade. And in the yeah. 2000s, you know, the previous 10 years, you could pick somebody else like Michael Strahan. Yeah. Because even yeah, though, straight. you know, right? Yeah, it's hard. Now, Kerry Collins. I think Kerry I Collins. I get no problem with that. Kerry Collins was yeah, a great guy. Kerry Collins. Anyway, was, Charlie, uh, thank you. a great quarterback. Okay. What Thanks, else you got? All right. Hey, I got to tell you, the one game I ever went to was a preseason game, 1993 at Foxborough, mm-hmm. and I saw Phil Sims and Lawrence Taylor's last year. Yep. And Phil did play a series or so. I don't know if Taylor played or not. I can't remember, but I remember seeing him on the sideline at least. So, uh, so that that was the only time. And back then in Foxborough, it, it like took you like ten hours to get out of that place. Well, there's only one like road. 
That's yeah. it. There's one road, Charlie. It's a very difficult traffic puzzle to navigate. Oh, it's awful. I mean, I was there like I got home like five in the morning or something. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But, <laughs> that, but that, at that, least that, that was the one. I'm hoping to get. I'm hoping to go to Foxborough game. That's what I'm shooting for. Or I'm going to come to New York. Either one. I got to do one this year. And you got to come to New York so we can see you. If you go to just Foxborough, we're not going to be able to see you. All right, then I'll come to New York. Okay. All right, Charlie. It's got to be in October or late September because I'm not coming in the winter because I'll never get there. Something will happen with a snowstorm. Well, unfortunately, the Giants and Patriots are in Foxborough twice this year. The Pats will not be here at MetLife Stadium, so that'll have to wait until next preseason in 2020. Yeah, but I I, I thought he said he wanted to see the Pats. No, he well, said he, no. no I, okay, I, I, I'm gonna come to New York. If That's I'm right. gonna go, I decided. Charlie, we look forward to seeing you. Maybe you can make it down for training camp. But we want to hustle and try to get some more guys in. Oh, Thanks, yes, Charlie. Yes. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Quickly, before we get to a quick moment on the supplemental draft, which is going to be going on today, line one has Mark from Chicago. You're on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi. I know you're in a hurry. Uh, for the fifties, I'll add. Uh, Either Sam Huff or Frank Gifford in the 60s. Mm-hmm. I'd want Y.A. Tittle. Mm-hmm. Hey, great picks. Yep. You can't go yep. wrong with any right. of these guys. <laughs> yep. So, anyway, um, I have a couple questions or comments about uh, Saquon Barkley and his running. Uh, he's a great player. There's two things that sort of bother me with him. I'd like to get your comments. And I also have an officiating question. Uh, one is, when he runs behind a fullback, I don't really see him following the fullback into – into the hole it seems like he goes one hole over i don't know if the fullback is trying to pick off maybe a linebacker or if he sees something back here and has you know can make the decision to go somewhere else but it sort of bothers me and i don't know if it's because he really hasn't played with a fullback that often and the other thing that sort of bothers me is when he does this hurdling i just think he's going to get himself really upended and injured and i'd like to you know see if you see the same thing well, I can tell you right now, the coaches don't like the hurdling. Nobody does because no. he is going to get hurt. Knock on wood, he doesn't. But that, that's a dangerous position. And I know, I know he's a great athlete, but the coaches will always tell those players, I do not want you jumping in the air because when your feet are off the ground, a lot of things can happen. Um, you know, as far as the, the running style, I, I can't comment on it because I've never been a running back. I think these guys have a feel and a sixth sense for picking out things that they see at a quick second on a hole. And if the fullback is leading up there and that's where the play is supposed to go, I think it's at the, the running back's discretion. If he sees something there that he wants to take and go for it, he goes for it. And I think that Saquon has that vision that a lot of people don't. I would also add there's a chemistry that has to be built between the offensive line and the running back. And being that Barkley was a rookie last year, and in the first half of the season, to be honest with you, the Giants' offensive line no, was really horrible. beset by yeah, injuries. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. they were shuffling guys in and out. It would be impossible, I believe, for any running back to truly have chemistry with that jigsaw puzzle that the Giants were putting out there yeah. every weekend. Yeah. You just hope that that jigsaw puzzle doesn't happen this year and that they can get some continuity behind that offensive line and some consistency because, you know, what he did last year was remarkable. And just imagine what he can do this year with the offensive line that stays healthy and plays together for 16 games. One other caveat, the one criticism that some people did have at Penn State of Saquon Barkley is that there were too many times where he did make that extra move because he was trying to make the big play. He wanted to go all the way and, you know, to hit the home run, so to speak, to steal a baseball phrase. Well, 
he he admitted to us that that's something he wanted to clean up when he got here to the Giants. And I think over the course of the season, you saw him clean that up quite a bit. Now, let's watch him in year two. Once again, yeah. he's only a second-year player coming into this mm-hmm. summer. So, you know, this guy's got a, got a lot of football to play. I got a hunch by the time he's done, you're going to be real happy with the results. Yep. Yeah. I agree with you. I What's think your as ref- the season went on, I saw him say, you know what, I'm going to take the three or four yards and yeah. not try to do something fancy and get caught for a loss or a lesser gain. Experience um, yeah, is do- the best teacher. Always remember that. Right. Um, okay, my officiating question, I figure i get this out while we're before even training camp, is what is the rule on the sideline about when a player um, goes out of bounds and they either stop the clock or wind the clock? Last year, I was watching a game. I can't remember which one it was, but it had postseason implications. I saw the same official do three things. One, a player ran out of bounds. He stopped the clock. He got stood up with contact and then pushed out of bounds. He stopped the clock. Then I saw a player catch a pass and fall down, and then he rolled out of bounds, and he wound the clock. And actually, that play actually hurt whatever team it was from actually scoring and, uh, I think, making the playoffs. And it's just a little bit of a play. But when I see that, I get totally confused about what the rule really is. And I listen to your uh, answer off the air. Thanks. Thank you, Mark. Well, I'm, I'm guessing, and I don't know the, I, the official, but to me, forward progress when you're going out of bounds. That, that's, that that's is a big, big right. difference. In yeah. terms of whether or not the clock gets stopped, yeah. and when you roll out of bounds and you're not touched, and they are going to wind the clock because you're trying to get out of bounds to stop the clock, and mm-hmm. they're not going to let you do that. The other one is forward progress. If you are going forward and going out of bounds, they will they will stop the clock. If you get hit and go backwards, they're not going to they're going to wind the clock. That makes all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three or hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. Uh, we'll see if we have a tweet here that we can get and to. And again, that those are all those those plays are all those just up to the discretionary of the, of the official that's there on the sideline, the sideline judge to to basically make his decision if you were going forward or not to mm-hmm. wind the clock or not to or to stop it. Uh, by the way, Charlie, a little shout out to you from Clayton Harding, one of our listeners who tweets. Uh, Thanks for mentioning Spider Lockhart. Yeah, I love the name. Oh man, he was a heck of a player too. Uh, before we go, today is the NFL Supplemental Draft. Jalen Thompson out of Washington State is likely to be take, uh, taken by someone today. And the other uh, possible selection by someone will be Marcus Sims, a wide receiver out of West Virginia. Now, why is this supplemental draft important? Well, it's really not. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It gives you the opportunity to get a guy who slipped through the cracks for whatever reason. Now, last year, the Giants selected cornerback Sam Beal with a third-round supplemental pick, which meant they had to forfeit this year's third-round pick in the regular sure. draft. And why was he in the third? Why was he in the supplemental? He was in the – well, he had a credit this year. right? Yeah. yeah. The school had, had bungled the execution of the mathematics to have him qualify with his credits. And so by the time they got it straightened out, it was already too late to enter the regular NFL draft. So he entered the supplemental draft. The Giants took him. He was injured last year. And so basically he was a redshirt, for lack of a better term. He was a pro-rookie redshirt. Mm-hmm. So now, in effect, 
He is a rookie this year for the Giants. It's kind of like having a bonus third-round pick, if you will, because they had to forfeit a third-round pick, but he becomes that third-round pick, and the Giants have a lot of high hopes for him. So, you know, it can be a useful tool. Uh, It doesn't happen a ton. There have been a number of them. I guess Chris Carter was probably the most successful. Is that fair to say? Steve Walsh from the uh, Miami was also the Did not have a great NFL yeah, but career. he was one of the other Josh ones. Josh Gordon is another one who was taken. You know, let, but I think Carter, let me ask you a question. Carter was the most successful. Let me I ask believe. you a question on behalf of the listeners. How, what is the, what is the, how does somebody get to pick one of these guys in the order? Well, what happens is they go in the reverse order of last year's standings. Okay. And you have to submit basically like a a closed bid, like if it's an auction, I'm going to submit, I want, let's say, Marcus Sims, third round. It's a closed bid. So now the NFL, in reverse order, in the first round, they'll go through and they'll start opening up and say, okay, did anybody bid? No, nobody bid in the first round. Okay, that's it. We go to the second round. Anybody bid a second round pick? And again, it's going to be in reverse order of the standings. Okay. And that and that's how it happens. And that's how Giants the Giants last year nobody did first or second pick. Right. And the Giants were in reverse order. Remember they they were three and sixteen the year before, right? No, three oh, and thirteen. Three and thirteen. Why would me. you give them more I, losses than necessary? Three and thirteen. So there's the reverse order. Correct. That's how they got the third round. They put a third round pick on Sam Beal, and that's how the Giants got him in the third in the third round of the supplemental. Now I've had questions on Twitter asking me, do you think that the Giants uh, would put a bid not in for Marcus Sims, the receiver out of West Virginia, but for the safety Jalen Thompson out of Washington State? Now, terrific player, had a lot of production, also did have a banned substance uh, situation that wound up uh, prohibiting him from being taken during the regular draft, which is why he's in the supplemental. We've heard great things about him, Jeff, but quite frankly, I don't think the Giants have room in the sa- at the safety spot between Bethay, Peppers, Thomas, and even Sean Chandler, no. who flashed as a rookie last yeah, year. Yeah, did. I don't think that they have room at the safety spot to be, to be taking a pick here. Well, they, I don't think they're that excited about giving up whatever. Now, listen, they could go in and say, you know what? Yeah, we'll give a six-round pick for him. Maybe you they could. get him. You could. Because really a sixth round is not as important to me, in my opinion, as a third round. You could bid whatever round you want. That's what I'm saying. So maybe they get away with it. The Giants being, you know, whatever it is. And they say, oh, we'll take a sixth round and nobody wants this guy. I... You got to have there's 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 questions when you have off the field issues. Sure. And obviously th- this guy's a good enough player who would have been able to get drafted if this, if he didn't have some other obstacles to go by. Therefore, you know Sam Beal was not one of those guys. Sam Beal was in the supplemental draft because of uh, academic things, not because of off the field problems. That's why the third round warrants a Sam Beal Correct. pick, in my opinion. I I don't think a, a th- not a third round pick for him at a at a log jam position. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. We're out of time for today on Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. We will be back tomorrow at 12 o'clock Eastern time for another one-hour show. We will be previewing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, another one of the Giants' 2019 opponents. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be a good team. 201-939-4513 is our number if you want to jot it down. Always Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. Uh, I am at Giants WFAN. He is at Jay Fiegels. So you can hit us up there as well. That'll do it for today, Jeff. Great to see you again. Detino, great to see you. Dave, thank you, buddy. 
Thanks to Bob Sosi, the play-by-play voice of the New England Patriots, for joining us. We'll see you next time.